are the voyages of the starship Therapize. Its continuing mission, to explore strange inner worlds, to seek out new insights and new realizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Lovely service. Yes, Sturm's eulogy was quite lovely too, I thought. I said lovely first. I'm sorry, do you have a monopoly on the word lovely? I mean, sort of. Uh, Nakia's was nice too. Indeed. And I'd had no idea that Black Panther meant so much to Wolverine. Well, as they say. Hmm? What do they say? Still waters and all. Hmm. I never thought of Wolverine as being particularly still. No, not Wolverine. Nakia? I mean, I think she's a bit more impish in general than people will give her credit for. Ugh, no, Storm. Of course, Storm. Are you, you weren't even listening to me. We've talked and talked. Sir? Just so mad. I mean, bad? Perhaps you mean smad. But let, let's not fight. I know we each cope with grief differently. Let's try to help each other through it. Shall we start the show? Ugh, all right. <sighs> Hi, I'm Justine Mastin, LMFT, Yogini, writer, researcher, and a very, very smad captain of this particular ship. And I'm Laura Sigarski, LMFT, writer, researcher, Spocky, and first officer, and I am also sad. But you're more sad than smad. I mean, I was more sad than smad earlier, but now I feel like your your anger is impacting me and thus I'm being pulled <laughs> into <laughs> smadness. More of the angry stage of the Kubler-Ross <laughs> five-stage model of grief. <clears throat> just a reminder to listeners at home that just because we are therapists does not mean that we are your therapists unless of course we are your crabby therapists <laughs> this podcast is for the purposes of education and humor and is not <clears throat> intended to replace seeing your own therapist also oh the thing i wrote is gone um oh that's right sorry i thought you were i did not read this that was bad I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Please feel free to start at your own therapist. Okay. Um, not replacing your own therapist. Also, we know that you were expecting to hear our Q&A app for our 50th, but we felt we needed to talk about our collective grief around the loss of our dear Black Panther. So if you still have a cue that you want us aid... <laughs> nope <laughs> so if you still have a cue that you want aid send it to us via dm or comment on our social media yeah so we we did listeners at home we had a long conversation about whether it would be okay mm -hmm. for us to do our happy-go-lucky 50th episode in the wake of I mean, at the time, 
we we were feeling really big feels about Chadwick Boseman, mm -hmm. which we still are. Yes. Um, but in the meantime, of course, the entire um, West and Pacific Northwest is on fire. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the, the world continues to feel as though it is spiraling into chaos. And um, we just didn't feel like we could pretend none of that was happening. Mm -mm. But in two weeks, we are going to pretend none of that is happening. <laughs> I like to think that rather than pretending it's not happening is we'll be finding ways to do both end, mm, you know, mm -hmm. both sit with all of the dark and stormy feelings that we feel about the earth being on fire, um, mm -hmm. literally and figuratively, and also sit with, you know, the, the, the joy and pride that I know we feel somewhere deep down. We're just having a very hard time accessing today. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be able to access it more for our official 50th episode um for the q a yes which will which will be next time yes so if if you are very much looking forward to that don't worry it has not been canceled it has no. merely been a post postponed and the question we questions we've gotten so far are so great oh um i am just i mean i should not be surprised with the with the depth of emotion and intrigue that our listenership brings to the the table to the pod mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but i was like these are all just these are all just great questions um but since we have not yet recorded that app if you were like i i had a question but i missed the cutoff guess what friend? <laughs> you just bought yourself more time so send it on over yep Red Rover, Red Rover, send your question on over. <laughs> this is totally unrelated to it. anything, but I don't think that children are by and large allowed to play Red Rover anymore. Apparently because there were game. too many lawsuits. It was a violent game. I got hurt all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Because, you know, you're supposed to break hands when somebody gets close to you, but nobody broke hands. No, no. I remember really holding on. Like, you would, that's essentially like a punch in the gut. Oh, that's true. Okay, well, I don't know how <laughs> we got off on this. You know, yes, I do. Because I think this is probably the only form of you, this is probably the only form of denial that you and I do, at least oh, together. Yeah, we're, we're, we're great at this together. Um, Which is that, like, rather, we're not, like, outright denying the awful things that are happening, but we will just start to really kind of like spitball in like more and more tertiary connected areas <laughs> until suddenly we're like, God, we'll never remember why we're here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we um, friends, we do this whether you are listening to us or not. We if if something is uncomfortable, <laughs> yes. we'll we'll be like 10,000 miles away mm -hmm. and then be like, oh, do you? Do you see what what we did? Do you see how skillful how skillful parts of us are? Yes, at the verbal play and the verbal mm -hmm. denial distancing. Mhm. Mm yeah. Um I'm also aware. I know that we talked about the five stages of grief, Kubler-Ross model probably sometime within the last couple of months, which feels and like a couple of years. And I love how you're saying it. Like, I don't know if <laughs> 
<laughs> like it's cubular. Like it's totally cubular. I did that because like <laughs> this was now a couple of years ago um, when you and I were writing the Zelda chapter and I was writing another mm-hmm. Zelda chapter for the Zelda psychology book. And the one mm-hmm. that I was writing with some other folks um, who were fabulous humans to work with, by the way, was based on the five stages of grief Kubler-Ross model. And whenever I would uh-huh. talk to you about it, you you would turn it into cumular. I did? <laughs> yeah, you did. I don't remember that at all. Oh, well, you did. And um, <laughs> we definitely talk about it in our book, which is going to mm-hmm. be coming out in less than six months. Um and there, there as well, there was one day where I was like, I was searching for the, the umlaut, the U <laughs> oh, yeah. umlaut, and I was getting so upset. And then I think you were just sort of like riffing on different ways to pronounce Kubler. Kubler. Um Yeah. But anyway, for those, for those of you listeners who are like, what are the five stages of grief? Here they mm-hmm. are. They are denial bargaining anger depression and acceptance um and more recently in the last decade or so there's been um ideas and research into a potential sixth stage which would be meaning making from grief Mm -hmm. um which is lovely and we certainly fully support that but it's you know it's hard to get out of just saying five stages of grief and so that's just the one we're going to be using here and we'll probably spend some time on the sixth one too um, mm-hmm. but related to this is that you don't, no one moves through the five stages in a linear fashion. No. It's something that like, as you're grieving, you kind of cycle through in all different orders. And ideally each time you cycle through it, you stay in acceptance a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of us have kind of stages that we just gravitate to more naturally and just tend to find ourselves in more when we're grieving. Uh, And for the captain and I, I think those tend to be anger and depression. Would you say that's true? Um, I'm pausing Mm -hmm. because like anger for sure. Mm. Um, and so what's coming up for me is that I, I very much am of the perspective that, um, Anger is the bodyguard of sadness. Yes, you are. Um, and so, like, of course they exist in tandem mm-hmm. because I I really, I have yet to meet someone who is angry and that anger is not showing up and trying to protect that person from a, from a great big sadness. Mm. I'll have to think on that. Yeah. Because there's a part of me that's like, you know, the part of me that is, I think, most comfortable with anger is like, no, you can just feel anger and that's it. And I think that's very true for that one part of me, but I don't know if that's like true for (laughs) all of me. Yeah, well, because the thing I I have yet to have an experience with myself or a client Mm -hmm. where like, oh, I'm just so mad, you know, like that righteous anger. Yeah. That isn't coming from a place of like, I am righteously angry because this is outside of my control and this is hard and awful and I hate it. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, which, uh, we'll which is a hurt. Playing around, right. And this is like variations of what you're saying, but I think it sometimes does come mm-hmm. from a place of like, I've been hurt and I know that it was, this was a boundary violation and I'm upset about that. 
or this mm-hmm. was wrong or this was unfair. So, yeah. 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 So I, that was a very long winded answer to say, I think you're right. I think anger and depression are probably the, the, the big guys mm-hmm. when it comes to grief. Yeah. Um, so I'm not a big bargainer. Um, no. Like denial, you friends at home, you heard a beautiful example of how we use denial. Uh-huh. <laughs> distract, distract. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So it's present, but it looks a little different than it does for some other folks. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, and I'm I'm glad we're talking about this actually because I have been feeling, you know, we we were. We were throwing some shade at ourselves there in the in the intro. And like I have been feeling really crabby. Yeah. Like just a crab. And I don't I don't like to feel crabby. Oh. That's it's not a way that I like to walk through the world. No. And I know that if I'm feeling crabby, there's something underneath it. Mm-hmm. Because it's not the way I walk through the world. It's true. So when I'm feeling really crabby, I'm like, oh no, what is this? What is this? This this is something. Yeah. And, you know, I think for at least over the past, like, couple of days leading up to this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so to take you all back, readers, back when we were all getting the news of the untimely I love passing, that you're calling them readers. Oh, I did call them readers. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to do that. I'm sure. I'm sure they read. I'm sure they do. But I'm they sure are not read. currently reading. Um, perhaps this is in preparation for me being like, you will be readers when our book comes out. You will be both our listeners <laughs> and our readers. So let's take that. Let's let's go back in time, if you will, um, to when we all got the very sad news of um, Chadwick Boseman's passing. Um, mm-hmm. I think you and I found out at all at roughly the same time because we were both up really late that night. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because I don't you usually stay up later than me. And I also don't normally go on looking at the news late at night because I know that that's a recipe for disaster for me. Mm -hmm. But for some reason I was looking at the news. And so then it came through and I immediately felt just beyond awful. And I remember my Mm -hmm. initial thought was to text you, but I was like, you know what? The captain's going to take this really hard. Maybe she hasn't seen it yet. Mm. And then, like five minutes later, you texted me, and you were like, "Everything is awful." <laughs> yeah, I. And what's interesting is, I really. It's not that I don't know why this hit me so hard. It's that it caught me off guard that it hit me so hard. Yeah. Um. Because I I wouldn't say that I'm like you know a like a chadwick bozeman like stan you know like no. that i follow that i have always followed everything he does mm-hmm. and you know um but so i was i was watching tv with my partner mm-hmm. and we're just like watching whatever and he's like literally out like apropos of nothing out of nowhere says oh chadwick bozeman died and i i looked at him and i was like what are you talking about and he was like, yeah, apparently he'd been fighting cancer for four years. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that that was my little bit of denial. <laughs> I had that too. That, like, my initial response was no. Mm-hmm. No, this can't happen. 
And like the way my brain put it was like, no, this can't happen because he has to do another Black Panther movie, which let me be clear, <laughs> both listeners and readers, I am very aware that like Chadwick Boseman's death is tragic for so many reasons to the people who loved him and knew him personally. This is not about mm-hmm. me and my fandom attachment to Black Panther. It is just what came into my head initially mm-hmm. as to why I was like, no, this can't happen. Yeah. Well, I was just like, no, he's not sick. Yeah. I would. I, come on. I would know that. You would know that. Um. And and so I got right on my phone, which I had put down so that partner and I could watch TV together. Mm-hmm. And there it was. Yeah. Right. And um. I I had a a major sense of shock, um, which I I know that we all did. Right. Yeah. So few people in his life. It sounds like even his closest coworkers, like, co-workers like his castmates, they had no idea. Is what it sounds they like. They didn't know, um, and so and so this was just such a shock. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's it's all these feelings of well, there is a little bit of bargaining because it's like, well, how you know how can this be true? This can't be true, mm-hmm. which is a little bit of de- denial. But then it's like. There must you be know, some way goes, we can like talk our way through this or out of this. Right, Come on, right, like this right. is no, this can't be happening. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. Um, and no, I mean, there it is in black and white, and it just, it just, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, and I can recognize that that some of this is my fandom attachment, mm-hmm. right, to Black Panther. Um. Some of this is just a feeling of, oh, God, not again. Yeah. As far as um, 2020 and what it has wrought. Uh-huh. Um, as well as, um, for me personally, having lost a lot of folks to cancer. Yeah. Um, and so it was just like, oh, God, not again. Mm. I can't. What came up for me is something that comes up for me. Um, and I don't know if this comes up for other folks who have mm-hmm. who have experienced a lot of loss. Yeah. Um, but what came up for me was just like, I can't lose another one. I can't lose anybody else. Yeah. And even though, you know, by all accounts, like we can, like if there's anything that we can really take from 2020, (laughs) it's that you just can keep losing people and things and ideas and plans and hopes. There's no quota for loss. No, there's not. And, you know, it comes up for me as like I can't lose anybody else, which you know, of course, each of us are having our own personal experience. Yeah, but like you know, Chadwick Boseman wasn't mine. No, the Black Panther wasn't mine. But in that moment, <laughs> in that moment, it's all emotion. It's not ra- rationality. Yeah, and I think it gets to be personal without it being selfish. Because of course, you're not saying that like I, you can't, you personally can't lose Chadwick Boseman because he meant everything to you and it was like everything and minimizing other people's losses that's that's not no. what you're saying and that's not what you're doing 
you're acknowledging how much this impacts impacts you as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once I'm able to sit with that a little bit, then my brain goes to, oh, God. Not only is this my loss, but this is a global loss. Mm-hmm. And this is such a loss for the Black community. It is. In particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Jesus Christ, haven't they been through enough? Right. And then it's, um, and then it's that anger Mm -hmm. that comes in. Yeah. You know, I feel a little bit like, um, friends at home, if, if you watched the TV show, The O.C., (laughs) there's an amazing episode called The Metamorphosis, uh, where Summer Rogers just zips through all five stages of grief really quickly. She does. See, and this is this is from our book, Friends at Home. When you read our book, you will have, this will be such a deja vu moment. And this was, in fact, the moment, because I was trying to find the umlaut for this particular section in the book. And that was where you were riffing on cubular. But anyway, back to Summer Roberts and the OC. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel a little bit like I'm doing that right now, because I'm walking you through you are. my very quick mm-hmm. and dirty, like, uh, roller coaster mm-hmm. of emotion that happened within within minutes. Yeah. Um, and then of course I spent the next several weeks talking to clients about their feelings about about this loss. Mm-hmm. But that was a lot of me. What what was happening for you? Well, before we talk about me, I want to highlight that <clears throat> what you just said there where like you you just walked us through kind of in in real time what happened for you emotionally in real time, which was a lot of really mm-hmm. intense emotional shifts. Mm-hmm. I think that is part of why for all of us our sense of time is just so out of focus right now because on an emotional mm-hmm. level, on a regular basis we are all dealing with such intense feelings. Mm-hmm. that mess with our sense of time because you, because really these feelings we should be having more time taking more time with them to move through them to be with them but we're not and part of that is because we can't because it's this is the this is our 2020 universe mhm yeah and this is what we're sitting with um what came up for me it was very similar to what you are describing but in particular then where my mind went once i'd made it to after you'd reach out to me and I was, I was in my bargaining place of like, no, this can't happen. And I was like, well, come on, Spock. Yes, it can. Let's use logic. Um, mm. So helpful in deescalating. And then I was able to like <laughs> stair step my way down into sadness. And now we're going to see if I can get through this without like utterly bawling. Who knows? <laughs> Let's find out. Um, what it made me think of is it made me go back to the first time I saw this in the theater. Hmm. And I remember when I was watching it in the theater, there was this there was this very like logical analytical part of me that was like, this is not this is technically a very imperfect film. Because <laughs> that's what you do. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was this other part of me that that was like, okay, yes, analytical part, this is. And I thought about how much this 
how much this would mean to so many people, but specifically the black community. And I thought of back when I used to do in-home family therapy Mm, and some of the kids that I used to work with. And how much this this would mean for them. This was huge for them. And then I thought of them that night when we found out that he died. And I was like, oh, God, this must be really hard for them. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. And and also, kids are fucking amazing. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know if you've seen these photos that have been circulating online of little kids doing play therapy without even knowing they're doing play therapy, having little superhero funerals with oh, their toys. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a few of them where, you know, they they have their Black Panther toy laying in the center with all of the superhero buddies standing around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the couple I've seen, the 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 little... The little African American child having the the funerals is making their their Wakanda forever arms and and they are enacting what they need, which is just fucking amazing. Yeah, it is. Because these are kids young enough who I mean I hope they haven't been to funerals, but who knows? I mean, realistically, probably uh, they have. <laughs> realistically, they probably have. Um, but having. Having the intuition and the insight to know that they need that. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm making a lot of inferences here. I'm assuming that, you know, grown-ups aren't standing just out of frame guiding this play. Sure. Um, but even if parent or adults are just out of frame guiding this play, what important play. Yeah. And it makes me think, and I haven't, I've only thought about this a very little bit. It does make me hope that, um, because Lord knows, like, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe machine is going to keep on churning, most likely. (laughs) I mean, because I I never want to say never, in the words of Brandy Norwood, about 2020. Never want to say never. But I know it's going to do its best to keep on turning, is maybe what I'll say instead. And I, I, I really, I hope that they don't try to recast... Black Panther. Oh, Jesus. You know, no. I hope that they do the right thing. And my version of the right thing would be that, like, they they acknowledge and honor that Black Panther has died. Like, our version of Black Panther has died. And mm-hmm. someone else in the series can take on that mantle. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. And it just, it feels very important to to honor... That Chadwick Boseman really was Black Panther. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he embodied that character. Yeah. And absolutely, like, for an entire generation of humans, mm-hmm. he's the only Black Panther they ever knew. Yeah. You know, they didn't read the comics. It, it was all, it was Marvel Cinematic Universe, that's your Black Panther. Yeah. And now recasting would be just a fucking catastrophe. And I, my hunch is on some level, they know that. Yeah. The sense that I'm getting just from stuff that I follow online, they, 
they do seem pretty intent mm -hmm. on on moving Shuri over into that role. That sounds yeah, that's appropriate. Which that would be appropriate. Mm -hmm. I want to say um, it's even I mean, canon too in the comic books. So I'm certainly not as well versed it, as others in the Black Panther. Mm -hmm. Our producer is saying that was their plan long term anyway. Mm, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's. I mean, I I hear you with the thinking of the kids you did in home with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because um, I. In case you've never like read that much about me, um, I also do this yoga thing. Mm -hmm. Uh where I pair fan fiction yoga stories to movement. Um, and I have a Black Panther quest. So I have a mm -hmm. one of these fanfic yoga stories that I do. Um, and I got invited to come to um, a small library mm -hmm. in North Minneapolis and teach my Black Panther class. And And some of the kids were a little too old like they were teenagers they were a little too cool for school right <laughs> yeah but but the young kids that were there they loved it i bet they they loved it they loved yelling wakanda forever mm -hmm. they you know they they loved pretending to be to be all the characters and i mean this talk about the importance of representation mm -hmm. Like, wow, that superhero looks like me. Yeah. And so does his whole world. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a whole magical world where everybody looks like me. Yeah. I need a tissue. Yeah. No, that's real. <clears throat> you get yourself a tissue. I'm glad that I put some over here when I had my own therapy the other day. Look at you engaging mindfully. Brian, please feel free to cut that out. <laughs> oh, I don't really, I don't know where we go from here, to be honest. Where do we go from here? You just hit your head. There's, there's gotta be a way there, there. I think that's high enough. Okay. I mean, we're just, we're just okay. going to see how it sounds. In the edits, and we'll just we'll we'll do our we'll live our best life. I know I may have really fucked this up because <laughs> I moved it. So sorry. It's fine. Listen, it's the forty nine and a half episode, forty ninth and a half episode. <laughs> we're all over here doing our best. We're um, all just doing our best. And like, I don't know where to go from here. Like, yeah. other than to be with how sad. All of this is. And now I'm mm -hmm. like just, you know, I'm very much saying just all of this the fires, the postal service, the elections, systemic racism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The and Chicago I... Police Department's union that just came out in favor of Donald Trump this week. Oh, shit. I mean, not a surprise. All this QAnon stuff that's happening. <clears throat> you find you really know about QAnon now, don't you? I do know about QAnon now. Well, like it's this is not this is not the path that I'm going to go down today, if ever, on the podcast. But like it's been odd to me to find out that like there are some things in terms of like 
I'm not even going to go down this road. Nope. Nope. I've stopped myself. I'm getting so much better. <laughs> I don't even know where you were going. It was going to be like Zara like... slave ships. And I've slowly oh, over no, time gotten she... much better to just stop. No, you know what? If you want to go to Zara slave ships, this is your episode. <gasps> 49 and a half. Oh, but I don't though. I don't want to go to that. Oh, look at you. Growth. Because it's just, it, it. this is all sad. Mm-hmm. It's all so sad. Okay, so let's let's just cut all of that out mm-hmm. and let's start here. So clearly I I can feel in my body that I am sad. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, I know there's been a crabbiness. And and I am also aware that as, as terrible as the loss of Chadwick Boseman is, that if it were to exist in a vacuum, mm-hmm. that it might not hurt quite so bad. Or maybe it would hurt more. What I'm trying to say mm-hmm. is that what has been happening to us for the past six months, mm-hmm. at a minimum, is tragedy after tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. And at a certain point... It can feel like, well, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, why wouldn't that happen? Yeah. You know, I, I went um, I went and got my hairs did the other day and my stylist was saying her her youngish son, I think he's a tween, mm-hmm. um, said to her, like, well, what do you think's gonna happen next, mom? Aliens? And mm-hmm. I had to sit there for a second and I was like, you know what? I don't know. Right? Any other <laughs> I mean, there is a part of me that believes in aliens, but well, that's a story I mean, for another I day. Think, I think it would be a logical fallacy to think that aliens didn't exist, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, I feel fairly <laughs> confident that if aliens have the have like interstellar travel, mm-hmm. there's no way they're stopping by this dumpster fire of a planet right now. <laughs> like if they're aware of us, they're like, wow, they I don't know if they're gonna make it. let's sit this one out for a couple more hundred years and see see if they can turn let's check back or put a pin in that one we'll come back in millennia and see if maybe you know like the we can talk to the blue whales or something like (laughs) (laughs) they seem cool they seem cool (laughs) oh that was like this morning it was uh there was a news article and i didn't read it because i needed i needed to give myself some like time to prepare for today's episode but I just mm-hmm. saw a headline about how like orcas are attacking ships and scientists don't know why. And there was very much a part of me that was like, well, of course they are. We're messing up the planet. <laughs> They're not dumb. They're like, stop it, human. Stop being awful. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, and that's uh, there's there's so much great whale lore yeah. in fandom mm-hmm. that we could explore at another time. Um yeah but the the purpose of that tiny anecdote with aliens yes was you know in under quote-unquote normal circumstances if a client is coming to me with profound anxiety and saying i'm just so afraid of being attacked out of nowhere for no reason and we work through that we talk about how like what are the odds of that actually happening Mm -hmm. and how do you keep yourself safe and blah 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 and right now that that shit is not 
pathological. Like it's not. It's not fantasy. Or it's, it's not fantasy. It's not fantasy. It's not. It's not worry run amok, right? It's that. Yeah, this is 2020 and things are really awful. Mm-hmm. Right there, there is shit based in reality that people are scared about, mm-hmm. and. I mean, it's hard as a therapist to sit with that and be like, you know, people are starting to get freaked out about the election. And it's like, you know what, friends, I don't know what's going to happen. And they're like, well, what if this? What if that? Like, that would that would be scary and hard Mm -hmm. and. And we're going to work through it. Right. What's the alternative? Well, and this actually makes me think of something else that I've been sort of like low-key pondering for a while. Who can say? Mm-hmm. Time is strange. Um, mm-hmm. That what's happening in 2020 has in many in many ways, the horrors of 2020 have been happening for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Sure, of course. Yes. This and, is, none of this is And new. part of what's happening in 2020 is that there is a consciousness raising around the horrors Mm -hmm. across race, ethnicity, and class. Mm -hmm. There's like an en masse almost kind of awakening. And it's awful. Genuinely, it's awful. All of it's awful. It's Mm -hmm. awful now. It was awful 50 years ago. It was awful 100 years ago. And I think part of what we all need to continue to do is learn how to be with it and how to acknowledge it, how to be with Mm -hmm. how awful it is, how to be with how painful it is. Because we don't get anywhere when we collectively engage in denial, when we just try to survive. And honestly, that is, that is a lot of what like white upper middle class people have been doing. Like it's not, it's not that we necessarily felt well, I'll speak for myself. I never actually, I never felt safe with the police. Mm-hmm. But I also knew that because of my race and how I culturally code, mm-hmm. that there were, there were some things that I could just get through. Sure. And especially when I felt threatened on a regular basis... I would mm-hmm. shift into survival mode and I would say, well, I just, I have to get through this. I, I can't, if I focus too much over here, I'll never get through my childhood, let alone make it to 30. And the reality is, is that that kind of mindset maintained the status quo. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, you weren't reacting that way to be malicious. No. And that was survival. It was. And the reality is that it resulted in death and pain, sadness and atrocity. Mm -hmm. Am I responsible for all of that? No, but I'm also not not. In the sense that like it is. Part of what I have to do, part of what I think all of us need to do is figure out, okay, how have I been complicit? Mm. Oh. What, what's coming up for me is just like, uh, that's, so, that's so hard to confront. That's so hard to think about. Yes. 
And also, I for for any listeners who are starting to go down a shame spiral, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to say we don't know what we don't know till we know it. Yeah. And even when we do know it, we we don't always have the ability to make changes. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, when when you were a kid, of course, you couldn't do things differently. No. Right. And then as, as you as you grow, you don't necessarily know this shit. And and you may be, you may have been complicit without having any knowledge of it. Yeah. And then once you know, that's not an invitation to kick past you's ass. No. You know, I like the, This is this is not a stick with which to beat yourself. Mm-mm. This this is information with which to do things differently, if that's possible. Yeah. And first and foremost, I guess I would offer to folks that it's about sitting with sitting with the reality and the feelings that that brings up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, what's coming up for me is I'm, I'm remembering me as a younger person and just, just some, of the, some of the shit I didn't know. Yeah. And that I, I mean, I showed up in the world with so much privilege. And that wasn't even a word that I knew. Mm-mm. Right? It wasn't a concept I was familiar with. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm from central Pennsylvania, which, which as soon as I said it, you got an image in your mind of what central Pennsylvania means. <laughs> um, and I, I was from a college town. And so I was I was this tiny little dot of like pseudo multiculturalism. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's it's probably better now, but when I was coming up, like there were international students and in that way the town had some folks of color. Mm-hmm. Um but I just I had I had no idea how how insulated I was. And then I would go to some of the outlying areas in my county, mm-hmm. like for, you know, choir, choir, choir oh. competitions. <laughs> Jazz hands. Jazz hands. And just, I was so confused. Mm-hmm. I can remember very vividly, um, it, like if these choir competitions were going to be a couple days long, mm-hmm. you'd get like hosted at somebody's house, right? Um and or you know overnight or something Mm -hmm. and i remember having dinner um with with these folks and like three other um girls from other schools and the the grown-ups who were hosting us were were like let's go around the table and and tell us what you want to be when you grow up (laughs) and it was like teacher 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 nurse and I was like, actress. Oh, <laughs> that's so very you. Well, <clears throat> and and so, like an image of mm-hmm. what I perceived to be possible and what they perceived to be possible. Sure. That's not to say that they didn't authentically and truly and genuinely want to be teachers and nurses, mm-hmm. um, but. As I look back on it, I can't help but wonder, like, 
was that not because I came up in a place that was like, anything you want is yours. Any opportunity is possible. Sure. And that wasn't their experience. Mm -hmm. um, and so that that's not to beat up past me for no. saying the thing that I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, right. But... But I do remember just being like, oh, my God, why don't they have bigger dreams? You know, and I do feel a little bit like if I could go back and talk to that younger me, I'd be like, hey. So mm -hmm. I'm glad you didn't say any of that out loud. <laughs> but also let's talk about what was happening in your mind. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is flashing me back to... Uh first grade and when i was in first grade there was like parent teacher conferences i think and so we were doing like these different projects that the our first grade teacher would put up for our parents to see mm -hmm. um and we had there was like a career bear that we all had to do a career a bear? career bear yes and i <laughs> went to i went to an elementary school where the class differences were pretty stark mm -hmm. um but people didn't know how to talk about it yeah. So at the time, uh, my family was like white knuckling their hold onto the middle class category. Mm. They were going to lose their grip in a couple of years. But, you know, I was in first grade. I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> and so we were like, I was in the, the like the lower percentage that was white knuckling it. And then there were lots of wealthy mm -hmm. kids who went to my elementary school. And then there were um, folks who were living in poverty. And... Mm -hmm. What I when we were going around doing our career bears, and my recollection at the time was that I was like being practical. <laughs> and my teacher was like, Clarissa, because she was helping us spell out what it was going to be. What do you want mm -hmm. your career bear to be? And I was like, I want it to be a babysitter. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I was, and she looked at me, and I could tell by her reaction that. Aww. And she was like, Don't you want to be something else? And I was like, No. I'm good with kids. My babysitter says mm -hmm. I'm good with kids. My the person who takes care of me says I'm good with kids. I could, you know, in a couple of years I could be a babysitter and then I could make money and that would be good. Oh, yeah. And my teacher tried to convince me to change it. And I didn't. I stuck with it. But I remember feeling so bad about it. Oh, no. Because I could tell her by the way she reacted. And then when I looked around the table at all my other friends' career bears, like one was like a dolphin trainer and like <laughs> one was a doctor and like all these. And I was like, oh, no. Mine oh. doesn't fit. And that's like one of my first concrete moments of class awareness that I can go back and point to was like my career bear because my career bear, I knew it was wrong and I didn't understand why it was wrong. I just knew that it was. Um, and that part of, and now looking back, I know that part of that was cause like one, you know, I, I was, I was, and I am Spock, but two, mm -hmm. even at that age, I was practical enough to be thinking about, well, jobs are for making money. And I know that we need that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and this, I mean, this is such a, such a beautiful encapsulation of the, of the different ways you and I grew up. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> And and that neither is better or worse. No. 
it's what's helpful though is to be able to look back and have awareness and understanding around it Mm -hmm. because it is awareness and understanding that allows me to look back and like rather than being angry at my first grade teacher i'm like you know she was doing her best sure she she was inviting you to dream (laughs) and she perhaps she grew up like i grew up and was mm-hmm. like, are you, sh- are you sure you want to be a babysitter? You could be a rocket. Right. You could do high kicks. Why not a ballerina? And I was like, what? They don't make money. Um. <laughs> <laughs> like, do, do you know the percentage of ballerinas that actually don't just make a living? But, but <laughs> right. And- um, so I can look back and I can like really have like grace and compassion for her and understanding. But <laughs> importantly, I can also do that in retrospect for me. Because I yeah. and that was something that it took me. I had to hit adulthood to do. Because I did feel I felt really bad about it. I felt really embarrassed. I didn't understand. It was really hard. Mm. And being yeah. able to look back and reflect on things and have the awareness of of my adult self to understand what all was going on there. Mm. It helps me sit with feelings. It helps like increase my awareness. It means that like. I approach, I try to approach things in my regular daily life with an increased class awareness. And if I had shoved aside that memory and all those uncomfortable feelings and tried to like really sit with denial with it, think of what I would have lost. Yeah. Yeah. And so while I had no plans to talk about my first grade career bear (laughs) on the podcast today while we mourn Black Panther... It, it like the parallel between these two very different situations and circumstances is that mm-hmm. the more that we're able to get help to sit with all manner of painful feelings, yeah, the more we're able to increase our awareness and make different choices. Mm. Choices that help more than they hurt. Yeah. Well, and this, I mean, now we're getting into some meaning making. Mm, that sixth step. You know, that that bonus. The bonus Jonas. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Didn't think we mentioned the Jonas Brothers on this episode either, but that's the amazing thing about Starship Therapy is you just don't know where we're going to go. Oh, uh, well, I mean, since we already said it, fun fact. Um, I, I believe I've mentioned on the show before um that part of the reason my my family had high status in our town was because my dad was the mayor yes um and one of one of his duties was giving uh keys to the city when big names would come to town (laughs) and one of my favorite photos of my dad is him giving the key to the city to the jonas brothers that's right i still remember that all these years ago from facebook (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, listeners, if you want to see that photo, let me know. Mm-hmm. <coughs> we'll throw it up on the gram. Yes, I will. Yes, but I can but, and I will. But meaning making. The bonus Jonas but round. Mean, the bonus Jonas <laughs> round. Um, you know, if if you are feeling a sadness mm-hmm. over the loss of Chadwick Boseman. Yeah obviously please sit with your feelings do what you need to do mm-hmm. engage play have your own ritual and then this is an opportunity to invite 
either Chadwick Boseman or the Black Panther or the two of them together Mm -hmm. to come out into the real world to be part of your life and inform you and and help you decide how to move forward and how to make different choices. How would the Black Panther approach their fight with their boss? Mm. How... (laughs) But more importantly, how would the Black Panther approach oppression? Yeah. Luckily, we have an answer for that. They covered that in the films. <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> you know, and how, how would Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman approach oppression? He, he made himself a public figure. And mm-hmm. he refused to ever take a role that was going to make him seem less than. Yeah. He, he was public about that. Mm-hmm. Like he he didn't want a role where he was, you know, gonna gonna be a stereotype. Mm-hmm. And he was an actor, and so that's how he could do his activism. Mm-hmm. And how will you do your activism? Mm-hmm. The other piece I've been sort of low key pondering both this episode and these last couple of days in preparation for it is thinking about. Um, the ways that Chadwick Boseman was the way that he handled his struggle with cancer. Mm. Mm-hmm. And as a public figure, it was absolutely his right to handle it the way that he handled it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder, and the other thing I've been thinking about, which is a quote from the third man, which is a, flawed but really interesting (laughs) film and the quote i've been thinking of is that a person doesn't change just because you learn something new about them Hmm. so chadwick boseman the human what we can know about him um because we didn't neither of us knew him personally what we knew about him our idea of him doesn't necessarily change because we've learned this new piece of information about him in terms of mm. his multi-year-long struggle and battle with cancer. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, for me, I would say that it does change how I think of him, but in a, in a really positive way, because yeah. as someone who has struggled with a chronic illness, like basically my entire life, at the very least, the entire part of my life that I was conscious for, mm-hmm. I was struggling with a chronic illness. And yeah. one of the things that has been present throughout is this is encountering all the different biases and prejudices that people have when you struggle with a chronic illness. The most common one mm-hmm. being, oh, you're sick and so you're weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Chadwick Boseman, what an amazing example of strength and compassion and courage. I, it it blows my mind because I, I have the same reaction. Mm-hmm. Like I I think about the fact that he was doing chemo in between Black Panther filming and mm-hmm. having sat with someone as they were undergoing chemotherapy yeah. and radiation and all and and all that comes with cancer mm-hmm. and then imagining in clearly a different situation. Um, but imagining that person just like, okay, time to go to set. Time to suit up. Right? I mean, just, and that's, that's not to say that, you know, 
all people with chronic illness should be able to just do everything. But if he felt well enough and it felt important enough for him Mm -hmm. to do that and he was able to, that was fucking amazing. Yeah. And I, I mean, absolutely. He, he gets to decide who knows what and when, um, it's just, it's amazing that he was able to do that. And unfortunately, when he did finally show his face on social media, he got, he got shit for having lost so much weight. Yeah. So if, if anyone had actually been paying attention, that's like, what I'm, what I mean is, because that sounded judgy. What I mean is, because if, if you haven't seen it, friends mm-hmm. at home, he, he posted an Instagram or maybe it was a tweet, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was just a close-up of his face um, in the past six months. And he was just very gaunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody, you know, tweeted back at him like, oh, you know, what you call the Black Panther the Crack Panther? Oh. You know, only a few weeks into quarantine and he's already, you know, the assumption was oh. that was that he was using Mm. um and so this is more a commentary on like a let's never talk about people's appearances ever for any reason um (laughs) i'm gonna pause and i'm gonna say this start is starting to feel a little bit like zara slave ships oh am i getting on a zara slave ship I think so. I think yes. I think we, okay. I think we're 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 disembarking, and so I just want to hit pause and offer: Do we want to get okay. back on mainland? Okay. Yes. Sure. Uh, where do you want to pick it up? Um. Great question. Let me go back. Um. Because I mean, we could skip back to where I just agreed with you and was like, "Yes, that was amazing." I can't believe he filmed. Let's do while that. Doing that. Let, yes, okay. rather than going into like people giving him flack on social media, let's not even give those mm-hmm. people airtime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it did. It did sound really awful. Unless it's very important to you to address it, in which case, okay. No, it's not important to me. Uh, the look you're seeing is I can't hear Brian, so I oh. like oh, kind sorry. of lean in yeah. trying to figure out what he's saying. Sorry, I'm not trying. To- Can you hear him now? Mm-hmm. Okay. He was all he said was that sounded really awful and sad, and it makes him feel sad that someone said that to Chadwick Boseman <laughs> in his final <laughs> months. Right. I know. I think we can talk about that in general. Like we can start with. Let me see. I think I have something. What did you say? beautiful thank you brian was joining with grace for others okay i'm really glad that you brought that up um because it it is it is to a certain extent like it defies belief that he was able to both be undergoing cancer treatment and being able to perform in the roles that he was Mm -hmm. performing in um i hope he was getting a lot of supports yeah. You know, like I've been recently talking about supports a lot with uh, clients and my brain usually goes to like yoga and like, you know, bolsters, supports, but there's all kinds of ways to support yourself mm-hmm. in life, whether it's soft pants or a warm beverage. And I hope that Chadwick Boseman had all of all of the supports that he needed mm-hmm. while he was going yeah. through what he was going through. Um, mm-hmm. 
And as our producer just shouted to you and I as we were talking about this, Mm -hmm. this is another, or this is a great example of trying to keep in mind ways to give grace for others. Yeah. Because there's so Mm -hmm. much that we often don't know about what other folks are going through. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean minimizing ways they've hurt you, nor does it mean tolerating um, negative, unfair, unjust, abusive treatment. It does mean, you know, like you and I at the top of the hour when we were coming back from the funeral and we were getting a bit snippy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Part of what helped us sort of transition out of that was giving each other grace And it was easier for us to do that because we had both come from the same funeral and we knew we were both struggling. Mm -hmm. But keeping in mind that if someone who's close to you or if it's just someone in passing is they seem a little prickly, if they seem a little angry or if they seem tired or if they're struggling, rather than assuming the worst and responding from that place, maybe trying to shift to a more neutral spot and giving them grace in the sense of we don't always know what the people next Mm -hmm. to us are going through. Yeah. And I, d- I want to be really clear. Anytime I use the word grace, I just want to say oh. that we're talking about like being gracious. Yes. Not like a paranormal grace. I'm so glad that you specified that because I my brain doesn't even go there. But yes, we mean grace in the sense of the literal English word gracious, not grace in the <laughs> sense of the Lord. <laughs> not that we're um, saying anything negative about anyone's personal beliefs we're just saying that here on the starship therapies we don't kick it that way well and i mean if you're a supernatural fan to give someone grace like that's a literal thing you can do you can give someone your grace oh <laughs> that's kind of nice um anyway <laughs> um i know i had a point before i started this now now it's now it's gone oh yes so um i know what happens for some folks is that we we get around someone prickly and we feel like we did something Mm -hmm. they are prickly because of us and because we have internalized that idea we are acting from a place of our own feelings Uh. and so just to piggyback on what you were saying like this if someone is prickly, this is an invitation to get curious mm-hmm. as opposed to defensive. Right? Mm-hmm. Like if if you're a li- if you're feeling a little bit prickly, I'm I might ask like, "Hey, did I do are you prickly at me or are you just prickly?" <laughs> and we have a relationship where we can say that, we do. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you might say, "I didn't even realize I was prickly." I'll be like, "Yeah, you're a little prickly." Yeah. And then I'll usually say, what's coming up for me? And I'll pause and do mm-hmm. an internal check-in. Yep. It's like, well, here are some things that are happening right now. It makes sense that those would cause me prickles. Yeah. Well, it's like, first, am I am I upset with you? Mm, checking. No. No, nothing immediately coming to mind. <laughs> Move on to the next. Yes. Um. Yeah, but this this is such a good practice for folks mm-hmm. to remember that it's not always about us. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, Chadwick Boseman isn't returning my text messages. Is that because he's mad at me or because he's got something else going on in his life? Mm-hmm. Even though he's not up to share what's got what he has going on in his life. Yeah. He has something going on in his life. Mm-hmm. And he's allowed to, and that's okay. 
I like that fan fiction that you just did right there of you and you and Chadwick Boseman texting. <laughs> Where I was like, are you watching the first season of Great British Bake Off? And he's like, yes. <laughs> and yes, my fanfic is that Chadwick Boseman and I are rewatching the Great British Bake Off. And um, we we are supporting different people. But we are also supportive of the whole process. Oh, I love that. Because, you know, going out there and baking, that takes courage. It does. Oh, and I do feel like the <laughs> bakers do such a great job of, like, giving, of being gracious with one another. Of giving one another oh, the benefit are. of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're all in this high-stress environment, and they just, they all want to, like, do the best bakes that they possibly can do. And they want to support mm-hmm. their fellow bakers in doing the best bakes that they can do. Mm. Oh, nice. it's lovely it's also making me think of date with dateline and when they uh when they sat <laughs> shiva for ian and his baked alaska <laughs> oh that was a date with the bake yes sorry date with bake mm-hmm. no it's it's okay i i will tag i i will tag them in this episode <laughs> and be like you get a shout out at minute uh an hour <laughs> I was just recently explaining that whole situation involving Ian and his baked Alaska to to Brian and how the date with Bake Off folks uh, set Shiva for him. And Brian was like, oh, wow, like you would have set Shiva with them. You talk about Ian and his baked Alaska like once every couple of months. I literally just rewatched that episode while I was organizing my new office. It's so sad. He's so upset. His face gets all red. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He has he has trouble with with his emotion regulation. He does. He got he got reactive. You know. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I, I feel like we are we are coming to the close. We are, and and that I don't. I feel a little better. I do feel a little better. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, what do what do we want folks to take away today? Um. Or what are, what are our hopes? We clearly it doesn't matter what we want, <laughs> right? People will take away what, are, what works what for them. Our hopes, I guess, our hopes are that you have, if you two are mourning Black Panther and Chadwick Boseman, that you felt community with us as we came mm-hmm. together today to do that with you and with each other, um, and that you were able to maybe sit with some big feelings. Maybe you got some tips for how to do that outside the pod, and maybe you didn't. Maybe that's okay. Maybe you two are thinking about Ian and his baked Alaska. <laughs> oh, which is also grief. Which is also grief. It was ambiguous grief. Mm-hmm. Grief comes in all different kinds of forms. And flavors. And flavors. And if there's one thing that 2020 <laughs> is doing, it is really giving us so many opportunities to be with grief. And Mm. the more we can be with grief, the more we can learn ways to get ourselves supports that we need, the more that we can support others. Mm -hmm. Because it is both, it is both the painful and the joyful parts of our emotional experience that allows us to connect with the other humans and creatures in our lives. What, what a shittily wrapped gift we have been given. There's a lot of shit on that wrap on that wrapping paper. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm picturing wrapping paper with those little those little poop emojis. <laughs> That's pretty great. 
and maybe and maybe be- like also interspersed like ian's failed baked alaska <laughs> oh little little poos and, and little sad cakes yeah i i would use this wrapping paper <laughs> <laughs> okay, so some stuff we talked about today. Um, so much of this we, we didn't we talked, talk about. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, we well, uh, we talked about play therapy. We talked about the five stages of grief. Mm-hmm. Um, we used a little internal family systems when we talked about the parts of ourselves that were feeling certain ways. Um, and you got some delightful and sad anecdotes from our childhood. You did. Apologies if those were unwanted. You can feel free to pass them back to us, leave them where they are. You need not take them with you if you don't want to. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) And you can remember that's always true. Yes, always. All right, should I close out? Sounds like a plan. We may be at the helm of the ship, but we know who really keeps us running. Thank you to Ensign Kyle Rebar, who composed our theme song and recently got engaged. Congratulations, Kyle and Kat. Thank you to Lieutenant Catherine Mandy Cat Duthie, who designed our beautiful cover art. And finally, thank you to our fabulous producer, Lieutenant Commander Brian Therens. Good luck editing this episode through your tears. Join us for our next episode, the official 50th episode with a Q&A with the crew. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And the very best way that you can support our podcast is to subscribe, rate, and especially review us on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to tell your friends. And as always, live Live long long and and prosper. prosper. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. 